Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today is Palm Sunday, and as a result, we're going to read some of Jesus's entrance into Jerusalem, and we're also going to then do our reading for the nine days, or the ninth day of the 14-day reading of the life and teachings of Jesus. But before we do that, let's open with a word of prayer. Father, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for all that you've done. I'm grateful for and so appreciative of your love. I'm grateful for the way you've come down to earth, the creator of the world, the universe, everything, the one who spoke it into existence, humbled himself to be born, to grow as a child, to be a man, to suffer as a man, to die on a cross, also that we could be forgiven our sins. One final sacrifice so that the fellowship with the Father could be had. And that is the ultimate plan. God wants the fellowship with us. And I'm grateful that you are that way. I pray you'd open our hearts and our minds as we read and that you would be glorified in our understandings. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we're going to read in um, John 12 about the entrance into Jerusalem. It starts in verse 12, and I'm going to just go through a few ch- uh, through uh, a few verses and kind of paint the picture of when Christ enters. The next day, the great the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, "Hosanna!" Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written. Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spring, spread word, spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Jesus predicts his death. And we're going to jump on down to uh, verse 27. <clears throat> Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, This voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. So there's an interesting piece. Some people heard thunder. Some people heard the voice of God. And which are, I ask myself, which am I? Do I hear God's voice? 
and over time, as we've been reading in, in Isaiah, you know, we're having as a mindset hearing God's voice. And that really comes with the relationship with him. And so those who have a relationship recognize God's voice, just like the sheep recognize the shepherd and the shepherd's voice. It's the same concept. Are you hearing God's voice or are the people hearing God's voice? So that's the setting that Jesus finds himself in as he's, you know, heading into Jerusalem the week before the week before um, his crucifixion. So now we move on to chapter 14, where Jesus is comforting his disciples. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am not that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with with me, so that you may be able to, you, so that you may also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. So Jesus has been with the disciples for three years. They've seen him raise Lazarus from the dead, heal leopard, lepers, heal the sick, make blind, blind men and women see, walk on water. All sorts of miracles have, have happened and occurred. He's fed thousands with a couple loaves and a few fish. And yet they still are troubled. They don't understand they still don't even necessarily really know who he is so in verse 5 Thomas said to him Lord we don't know where you are going so how can we know the way and Jesus answered I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me if you really know me you will know my father as well from now on you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. So all the miracles, seeing and hearing about Jesus being glorified, hanging out with, I think it was Elisha and um, Moses on that mountaintop, none of that's enough. They now want to see God. And in the Jewish community and religion, being in God's presence was not something the average person could do. When the, there were sacrifices, only one priest went behind the veil where God resided or appeared. It, the average person wasn't allowed to go there. And yet Philip asked, hey, show us the Father and that'll be good enough. The thing about people and the human heart, generally, nothing's good enough. There's always something else. They're probably like, hey, if you just heal this cripple's hand, if you just restore this person's sight, that'll be good enough. And then more and more and more. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who's, who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? 
Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me, who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of these works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. It's pretty powerful that if we're asking in Jesus' name, that it will be done. Now the key is, if we're asking for Jesus' works to continue, to do those things that he has been doing, and we ask them in his name. I can't sit there and say, oh Jesus, in Jesus' name, get me six houses on the beach in Miami, or the Keys, even better. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about fulfilling and continuing to do his work. Verse 15, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the, not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to, they belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as, as the world gives. Do not let, let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you love me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now, perhaps it, per, I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the Prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. I think it's an important piece. Jesus talks multiple times, or states multiple times. If you love me, you will do what I ask. If you love me, you will obey my teachings. If you love me, you will obey my commands. And then at the end, he talks about 
the, the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what he says. So Jesus is asking us and telling us to obey him because we love him. And then he's demonstrating that same obedience and that same type of love for God, for the Father, by allowing the prince of this world who has no power over him to come and get him and ultimately to crucify him and kill him. That love of obedience is what sometimes is so difficult for me. And so with that, I'm going to close with a word of prayer. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for this time and this day. And I just pray for your strength to be obedient, to demonstrate my, your, my love for you through obedience. It's been said that love is an emotion, but love, that's the emotional side of the human. And you're not asking for that because it's fickle and it changes. You're asking for love of the will for us to obey, to submit our will to you. And I'm so grateful that we're able to do that and that you ask us and you give us the strength. I pray for your Holy Spirit to, to dwell heavily and deeply with me and with us so that we can obey fully your word, so we can obey your commands and truly demonstrate our love for you. I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining me at Just a Guy and his journey back to God. I hope you have a wonderful day.